0: Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry, featuring hosts Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer at Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here
1: are Jason and Scott.
0: Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This episode is being recorded live from e Boston Trade Show on Tuesday, August 22nd. 2023. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And unfortunately, Scott wasn't able to join us. So you're getting twice the Jason for the same great price, which if you think about it, is double the value. Um, and while I know it's disappointing to miss Scott, and we're making up for it by having a way better guest. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show, Sabrina Callahan, who's the VP of e-commerce at Sam's Club. Uh, Sabrina just completed a, a panel here at e entitled Humanizing Your Brand Through Effective Storytelling. Sabrina, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Jason.
0: We are so excited, and I'm hoping this ends up being a permanent replacement for Scott.
1: I think I'm up for it. I've because heard him, so I think I could do it.
0: I feel like in the first five minutes, you're way more interesting and pleasant than he I appreciate he, than that. He, he, he's kind of a curmudgeon.
1: I'm not. I'm just not even going to say anything, but just know that I'm ready.
0: Smart. Um, so before we get into all the meaty topics, uh, I always like to let the listeners kind of get to know the background of the guests a little bit. So uh did you work for Sam's Club straight out of the cradle? How did you come to Sam's Club?
1: Surprisingly, no. Um not right out of the cradle. Uh I've been here for the last four and a half years, and um January will mark my five year, so I'll get the the coveted five-year badge. Um, but kind of backing up all the way to um my background. I was born and raised on a small farm in Kansas. Uh, And
0: in Kansas, a small farm is like a hundred acres, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, grew up on the farm, grew out in the field. By so, my dad does all of the crops and my uncle has the dairy. So I was out on the tractors, driving the semis, trying to not get myself killed. Um, you know, all of the fun things that come along with farm life and, uh, Left went went to uh, University of, of Kansas for school. Rock
0: chalk. Jay rock Hawk. chalk,
1: that's exactly right. The rock chalk. Um and then graduated in journalism and then made my way down to Dallas. So um as much as I love Kansas and small town farm and and everything, I wanted to kind of experience uh, a bigger city and been in Dallas ever since. And we love it there. So um, worked at, at a startup in the beginning. Uh, my entire career's been in digital and marketing and brand and and social media and everything that goes kind of along with that storytelling and driving digital performance. So, I uh, was at a startup, startup, and then I went over to Hilton Corporate and was there for about seven years. Loved it there. I think I grew up. Are you up okay?
0: There. This event is at a non-Hilton property.
1: I know. Listen, you're not supposed to say it. Oh, Don't my bad. <laughs>
0: To no, all our, I, <laughs> our our loyal Hilton listeners, we're sorry.
1: Um, what if you found out I was staying at a Hilton and and walking all the way over? That, w- That's that would true be loyalty, impressive, right? Yeah. <laughs> My shoes weren't were up for it today. Um, but no, I was at Hilton for about seven years. I loved it there. Um, and really grew up there. And they took a they took a lot of um, you know, bets on me and and allowed me to thrive. I was there in the e commerce space. Um, really, when they they launched the pilot of e commerce. And, um, and got to work with some of the the biggest hotels in the world with them and a lot of great opportunity, got to start managing people. You know, they, they kept uh, growing me and investing in me. And it ultimately led, I was in the e-commerce space for the majority of the time. And then it ultimately led to, uh, driving and leading the social media strategy and innovation for Hilton. So it was across all 15 brands. Um, and at the time, there was a lot of opportunity to kind of pull it together and say, what's the role of social media, uh, for a, for a big company, right? Not just, hey, we're going to go post, um, but how do we think about the tech stack? How do we think about the member feedback to drive business impact? How do we think about? um, content and how do we think about influencers and the role of influencers in the partnership and understanding the rules of the FTC, all of the fun things that come along with that. And then how do you make sure that the brands all understand the value of it and lean in in the right way? Uh, so I got to present Hilton's first ever social center of excellence. And then that led to, um, a lot of opportunity that, that opened me up in the, in the social space. And, um, I was on maternity leave with my third baby when Walmart came knocking
0: Wow, congratulations on that, by the way.
1: Yeah, three babies is a lot, especially uh we're in August right now and school's starting. School. <laughs> yeah, so um it's slightly chaotic around my house, but still good. So um no, so then uh Walmart and Sam's Club came knocking, and um, I didn't think I would leave Hilton, but um I really had some fantastic conversations uh, during my interview day. And uh, the lot one of the last ones was with, was with Mr. Tony Rogers and um if have you met him before he's
0: many times yes
1: so you know you yes. know <laughs> yeah
0: I've, um, I've put my life in his hands on an airplane before
1: oh yes I uh good luck yeah I survived <laughs> yeah, <at least>. yeah. <laughs> that's good you're here to talk about it so that's good no um and so we uh we hit it off and um they offered me the job and and four and a half years later it, it was a big giant move and a bet for me but it was obviously well worth it
0: very cool and you've actually had some really interesting responsibilities at sams leading up to your your current responsibilities can you briefly talk about some of the projects you've been involved
1: absolutely. in absolutely so um his his uh pitch if you will at the time was um come build a 60 billion dollar brand with me and I'm like how can you say no to that yeah. so uh that was a fantastic uh first start and so coming in really we built the brand together uh i learned i think about 10 years worth of information from him about brand in three short years uh but we developed the brand so the look and feel the tone of voice uh the target audience we revamped all of the marketing channels um including you know site email uh everything uh, digitally and uh then really launched social media right so facebook instagram Pinterest, YouTube, you name it—all the things that have to do with uh, social media, including the influencer strategy again and uh, and moderation and care. So, we did some really fun things. I think it was a bit of a whirlwind. <laughs> so, uh, our first brand campaigns uh, got to do—you know—the Super Bowl with Kevin Hart. All of the the fun things that come along with leading—you know—a a pretty awesome brand.
0: That, that is very cool. And, uh, for listeners that might not be familiar, Tony was the former CMO at Walmart and Sam's. And the next time he calls you, I have a feeling, uh, free jewelry is going to be part of the offer <laughs> Yeah, uh, because he, he's, uh, uh, I should make
1: a list yeah. <laughs> of things that I yeah, want. It right? should be a long <laughs> list. would be my suggestion.
0: Uh, but uh, he's at uh, signet jewelers now. Yep, he yeah. Sure is. Shout out to Tony. I know he listens every week very loyally. Um, <laughs> And so in the current role, you are responsible for all digital at Sam's Club. And is that a thing? Is digital a fad at Sam's Club or Just is that- a
1: fad, yeah. It'll probably it'll probably gone. Kind of like a yeah, Hilton. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's super, super fad. Um yeah, so I, along with two of my peers, we lead um the e-commerce business. And so um I'm I'm basically the upper funnel piece. So working really closely on the traffic strategy. So what types of traffic are we driving in? And then how are we actually moving that traffic down the funnel? So you can think about that of all of the cross category, uh, you know, stories, the homepage, anything. that really allows us to show the breadth of what Sam's Club offers. So not just the categories and, and merchandise, but also the membership, the Sam's cash that we offer, the travel and entertainment, all of the things that come along with an actual full membership, not just uh, retail only.
0: Yeah. And uh, there's all kinds of interesting dynamics to me, it seems, about marketing in, in a membership environment yep. versus a, a traditional um, uh wide open retail business so i assume you're trying to get people in the funnel for membership and at the same time you're trying to get members in the funnel for individual transactions
1: absolutely right the bigger the base the the more sales you can expect so it's it's a balancing act right in terms of we need them to be purchasing things but ultimately We need more members and we need them to renew, right? So at the end of the year, when it becomes renewal time, we want them to see, have seen the value throughout the year that they say, oh, this is a no brainer. When we were on the brand side or I was on the brand side, a lot of it was we're trying to build brand advocates because there's nothing more powerful than someone saying, you've got to join Sam's Club. I joined and I love it. Uh, so, so that was the, the sole purpose of we're building advocates, we're building brand passion, we're getting them excited and, and every piece that we're pushing, we should be pushing our value prop of the overall membership.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So before we dive any deeper in that, I need to know what your favorite members mark product is.
1: Oh, okay. It's really hard to just pick one. So I think I'm actually going to pick two. One of them, because one of them is very seasonally relevant and one of them is something we do all year long. So the seasonally relevant one, I'm going to say there's so many things I would say probably the members mark, uh, beach towels and or pool towels. Mm. I've had some of the same ones for, since I started working there, they are thick, they're giant and big, and they have a fantastic value to market and we just keep, I keep adding every year this year, they did kid towels too with awesome um, designs on them. So I'm a big fan. I'm all, That's, you know, when you think about it, you're advocating for something, I advocate for a lot of things there and not because I work there, but because I genuinely like them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the other one that I love that I try to get everyone to do is we have these Members Mark Southern style chicken bites and you just pop them in the air fryer. And sad, sad to say, was good and bad. It's sad to say I, I give my kids them like once a week. Yeah. But they're addicting. So I'm always like, well, they're just for the kids. And then I end up eating them all for dinner too. They're just really good. I'm
0: well familiar with all those phenomenons And I'm going through an air fryer phase right now. So yes, you
1: are. It's uh, so easy.
0: I my gotcha Yeah. Yeah. It seems. <laughs> uh and I uh I thought you were gonna go with salty snacks. I mean that's the the easy answer. And then you you curveballed me with the beach towels, which right. as a parent I have learned You need way more beach towels. It's important. Yes. We've
1: got a pool and we always have kids coming over and using all the beach towels. So it feels like it becomes a full-time job and then you can't find them all. And I don't want to go spend a ton of money to replace them. Yep. And so we either have them on hand or they're not that expensive to go buy. So
0: Yeah. Now, I don't know if you checked with the home this week, but your pool has probably evaporated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, is, it is hot in Dallas right now. I think now. it was
1: like 109 on Sunday. Yeah.
0: Good call yeah. to come to Boston.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I walked around this morning. It was so nice. Yeah. Dallas is brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever see the thing that went viral with the guy who um he was pointing out the temperatures and then he showed McKinney and it was like 100,000 degrees. and He's like, everyone in McKinney's dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it really feels. It does.
0: It does. Uh, And uh, pro tip is someone that does a lot of business travel. We probably don't want to mention to our family that it's more comfortable here than it is at home.
1: I already texted them.
0: Yeah. Be careful. (laughs) I'm just saying. Sorry. Just saying. Be be careful. Uh, So I have a new and it's so uh, members mark is, of course, the uh, famous uh, owned brand for Sam's Club. And uh, I won't put you on the spot with any proprietary information, but it's a. On its own, a very large brand. I think Walmart in the past has disclosed that it's over a $10 billion a year brand. So so remarkable. Um, the Walmart, there's a number of owned brands, but of course, the one most associated with Walmart in my mind is Great Value. Yeah. And so I'm now enamored with a new Great Value product. Oh. It's only available in Canada. What is it? I just imported two cases of them to my home in Chicago. What is it? Great Value ketchup flavored potato chips.
1: Oh my gosh. And
0: these things are awful. I do.
1: <laughs> you got two cases. I, I do not
0: recommend you, you try them. But here's the thing. Uh, there was, a, uh, you guys just had your earnings call. Congratulations. Yeah? Thank it was you. a very, very successful quarter. Uh, and, uh, Doug McMillan, the CEO. Yeah. I don't know if he did it on purpose or on accident, but in the <laughs> investor call, he, he talked about a trip to Canada where they made him try okay. ketchup, uh, potato chips. And he kind of said it's the only, walmart owned brand products that he doesn't like um so now my thing is i show up at every meeting and you take them with a bag of these potato chips so i don't it's my see them new, in here i did not i didn't think about bringing okay. them to boston and you have to like it's a pain to okay uh, potato chips don't
1: packing with potato chips in an airplane
0: particularly well it
1: interesting yes. well now i'm intrigued
0: yeah, so I'm gonna but have to you're going to have to procure some. Yeah. Uh, I
1: can't wait to try them. <laughs> yeah,
0: but maybe put them away if Doug comes for a visit. Just but, saying.
1: Yeah, perfect. You yeah. know, my, I, as much as I'd like to be picky, my kids will probably eat them in like two seconds. Oh my God, my <laughs> son uh,
0: my son would definitely. Yeah. The more like something's unappealing to my palate, the more likely
1: he is. And uh, to be fair, I've seen my kids dip potato chips in ketchup.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So yeah. it seems to actually make a little bit of sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so zooming into Sam's a little bit, like obviously in this last decade, one of the huge changes is this whole mobile thing. Yeah. Um, and I imagine it's fundamentally changed how people shop. Um, the, you know, you hear a lot of stats about even how much people are using mobile in the store, in the club. Um, So like, I'm somewhat curious. I don't think, uh, please don't be offended. I don't think of club as the earliest adopter of digital, not Sam specifically, but all club, like Hilton was impacted by digital before club was, right? And uh, Circuit City was probably impacted by digital a little before, before (laughs) club was. Um, So that being said, like, it, like, how has the advent of mobile changed yeah. how you, you think about marketing and customer experience at, at Sam's today?
1: I mean, it's extremely important. So you're absolutely right. At Sam's Club, when we look at the the performance and understand where people are headed, that's where we focus our time and energy, right? Where do they want to be? Where are they going? And How do we get ahead of it and provide a good experience, which requires us to know where they're spending their time. And we've seen a pretty significant shift uh, into mobile and app experience specifically. And so what we've, what we've done is tried to get a better understanding of what's the data and the behavior that they're taking within the app. So let's just focus on specifically app, right? Cause there's desktop, there's mobile web, and then there's app. And if you think about it, there's trial barriers to downloading an app on your phone. Right. You don't just immediately say, yes, I'm going to put the app on my phone. So there has to be a reason and, and a journey to move them from mobile web into actually, you know, committing and putting the app on their phone. So I think there's different ways to say, well, what, what's a trigger to get them to download? What we know, one of those giant triggers is a Scanago. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> everyone loves Scanago. If you've done it, you know, uh, and, and you have to download the app and, and actually, um, you know, use it in the club to be able to make the purchase through scan and go. Uh, what's interesting that you might not know is if you have, if you've got scan and go and overall digital and you're looking at it, the numbers are pretty strong. If you take out scan and go and you just look at online digital penetration, only about a third of our members are shopping online. So, so to me, I'm like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> they have the app on their phone. So we broke through a massive barrier already of loyalty. They're purchasing with us. But they don't see the value of shopping online unless they are shopping on the app in the club. So the the opportunity becomes massive if i got two-thirds of our own member base. Forget acquisition and new members coming in. If I just even start with our member base, how can I give them a reason to see the value of pulling up the phone and building a relationship through digital when they're not in our clubs? And I think that's what we've been trying to, to focus on and get to. So really, then it becomes the traffic driver's right? So how are they coming in? How do we get them to ultimately make that decision to move from Google to the app or to mobile web to add to cart and ultimately ultimately make that conversion? And we're really taking a lot of time and focus around the data. So For instance, they come in on the homepage. Did they come in on a category shelf page that has a bunch of items? Did they come in on a specific product page? Did they come in because they wanted to check their Sam's cash total? What drove them in? How much time are they spending? Did they bounce or did they stay? Did they look at things? What was their scroll rate? Did they spend a lot of time? We really focus on what is they're doing what types of things are finding worth adding to their carts? And then we start figuring out okay, how can we drive bigger baskets or category penetration or introduce new member benefits like we were talking about earlier, right? So if I've seen that, you know, Jason's come in and he comes every five weeks and he buys the same 15 things to stock up his house, well, how do I show him the amount of Sam's cash he's earned? in between that five to six weeks to get them to come in and then give them things to potentially, you know, get them excited to purchase through digital using that Sam's cash or whatever it is that, that you can create those triggers using the data to ultimately focus on, on driving more app frequency and engagement. I'll also say um, as we continue to see the shift to mobile and to app I think members are at the center of everything we do. So we're member obsessed. And as we see what's working and not working with what's working, we can lean in. Great. Okay. They love it. Keep doing it. If it's not working, we know about it. (laughs) So (laughs) every week we start off the week of what are the members saying? What do they not like about us last week? Right? So uh, we look at not only the NPS, but we look specifically at the word for word feedback. So through member surveys, the customer call center, the social media. I mean, we're all pulling it up, looking at the Facebook groups and looking at the comments and saying, hey, we could have done better here. And so as you think about that, and you put that lens of app and digital, this is working, this is not working. How do we think about our roadmap and our prioritization to provide a better experience to remove the things that are giving them reasons to not want to shop online with us? And pick the big ones and and start to move the needle, which ultimately is is part of the reason we saw an eighteen percent conflict Q two.
0: That's amazing. Uh, and I do I want to double click on the data, but before I do, I just want to uh, stay on the app thing for one more sure. second because uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, people way uh, underestimate the difficulty of getting customers just to download the stupid app. Right? right. And in in many cases, I have a lot of clients that like don't have quite the market awareness of Sam's and they'll ask about building an app. And before I let any of my clients build an app, I take them to an Apple store and we sit down in an Apple store and there's a shocking thing you'll notice about half the people in an Apple store are men and women that are my age or older and they're in line at the genius bar because they do not know their iTunes password. And guess what you can't do if you don't know your iTunes password? Log in. And download an app. Correct. <laughs> um, and so there, there is just this, this huge barrier. Um, and the for normal retailers, the mortality of apps is huge, too. People download it, only use it once. Like, the the abandonment rates are super depressing. So for a lot of people, like you go, like, explicitly focusing on yeah. app downloads is often a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't actually see Sam's heavily promoting the act of downloading the app. What I see you guys promoting are the benefits and the problems that are solved with the, the app. Is that, I'm assuming that's an intentional decision? A
1: hundred percent, right? Because I think if you go into the club, which I think is, again, the true power and value of a, of a true end-to-end omni retailer, right? And, and that's our challenge always is when you go into the club, you feel the club right? The, the, the first experience coming in, like, you're like, this is awesome. And where do I start? (laughs) Right. And it's a full brand experience. And and you feel that I feel you see, you touch, you experience the items and digital. You don't necessarily have the ability to do that. So the challenge becomes how do you bring your brand to life through digital? And you have to know those touch points. And I would say you're exactly right. Is is it's, it's really hard to just say, go download our app. It's another thing to say, hey, do you want to get out the door quicker? Yes, yeah, so you want to
0: skip this line?
1: <laughs> and I would tell you, I would say 10 out of 10 people are like, yeah, they're not going to say, no, I'd like to stay in, t- in line yeah. and waste my time. Yeah. No, they want out. And it's yeah. actually Unless really- Unless kids yeah. are at
0: home with, the, with their, their, uh, <laughs> their significant other. That's
1: very true. Yeah, you like, don't want to stand in the line. Okay, we'll say nine out of 10. Yeah, that 10th <laughs> person's a sad, sad person. But either way, the the opportunity becomes, okay, we'll give Them a reason valuable enough for their time and attention that it's worth downloading that app on their phone. I think what's been interesting too is is navigating the conversations, right? Because when you see the value of app and you see the growth in app, and you're like, yes, app, 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 and everything's focused on app, you tend to forget the actual member journey to get to the app, right? So they may have started on desktop when you know they were sitting at work and and they were trying to figure out where to start for dinner that night that desktop behavior may have said, okay, actually I was looking at something at work today and now I want to pull it up on my phone. And they went through mobile web. And then ultimately they shopped with us a couple of times and now all of a sudden, oh, I didn't realize they had an app. The app would be easier, right? So there's a journey and you can't forget everyone else that that is experiencing it before they made the decision to put that app on their phone. And so you, you it's hard to prioritize and forget about about everyone else. You have to understand there's a journey in between.
0: Yeah, no, uh, couldn't agree more. Um, and before I go on, I do want to just one shout out to scan and go, um, <laughs> because it's, it's amongst my favorite digital experiences because a, a unfortunate truth of many digital experiences is they're awesome and, uh, members or customers love them, but, um, they often are problematic for us as retailers, i.e. often it's taking something that the customer used to do and shifting it to something we have to do. Right. Yep. So you think about online grocery. Like the customer used to get the bananas. Now we're getting the bananas, right? Mm -hmm. Those are home delivery. The customer used to drive those home. Now we're driving those home. Scan and Go is one of those rare things where um, it both increases customer satisfaction or NPS score and the member is doing something that we used to have to do for them. So I feel like that's just amazing. Yeah. on the data side, like obviously one reason a lot of people like to get people in the digital ecosystem and using the app is because you do get all that wonderful data that you yeah. just described activating. Uh, that's one of the areas where I feel like uh, clubs have an unfair advantage because of the membership structure, right? Like most of my retail clients, they talk about this capture rate. And what they mean is what percentage of my customers do I have any idea what they bought? Yeah. Right. Like, because a lot of people buy with cash or they shop anonymously yeah. or they pre shop digital and then they they, you know, paid on a different credit card. And there's this whole, you know, family amalgamation, all these complications, which is why if you walk out of this room right now, there's 47 CDP vendors all trying to help retailers solve this data quagmire. Um, and I'm not saying it's not still hard at membership based retailers, but you do kind of have an unfair built in advantage. Like you pretty much know what and how much, uh, each, each member spends yeah. and on what.
1: And I know they're out there. I, I might just stay in this room and close the door. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> no, but there, there's a reason why they're booming, right? Because it's a, it's a lot of work to figure out. I would say yes. Um, coming into the membership space, I was, very excited and shocked by how much data we really truly had. Every time, you know, a, a member makes a purchase, we see it. So it allows you to kind of really understand what it is that's driving their trips, how often they're coming, where they're shopping, what are they buying? You can also start to understand their typical journey and behavior. So I'll give you two examples of the way we're kind of leveraging data. I know I already talked about app, but let me kind of put it into to real life for a second. One of those is, um, and, and I'm, and I'm talking specifically to like end to end experience. So one of those I'll start with, um, on a specific promotion or sales or event, right? What gets exciting is you can put this money into market. You can understand where they're coming in. So first of all, did it drive the traffic and you're looking at a year over year comp for a, a marketing campaign. Okay. Great. So the traffic was there and it hit the pages you needed it to hit. Well, now you can say, okay, what did they do next, right? And you can start to say, all right, did they uh, move from that page to the next page? And so you can see the analytics team has done fantastic jobs, not only of having the data, but making the data readable, digestible, and actionable is a completely separate thing, right? So there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes of like great I'm looking at a table of a massive amount of data, but what am I supposed to do with this to make a business decision? And what they can do is they can take that and they can build it out for me across the funnel. So they'll say, okay, traffic was up. Well, and then it moved to the next page, so it so it actually moved from let's say the home page or a landing page we built to the shelf page with all of the categories. And then it moved from that category page to the product page, and you can see all the product pages that were Tagged within that event and that campaign, then you can and it and it has your year-over-year growth of each, so you can see the continued strength in growth um, throughout the funnel, and then it moved to checkout and ultimately, or to cart and ultimately to checkout, and so you can see, okay, but you can also see when it's off, right? Well, what happened? Okay, so if something's off, you can say, oh, well, that's because X percent of our items ran out of inventory in the first two hours because maybe we didn't estimate demand properly. Right. And so now all of a sudden, okay, we'll stop marketing those. So go back up to your upper funnel and stop talking about those because you're making some angry members because they're falling off here and not because there's not strength in the funnel. It's because it's not actually available when they tried to go add it to their cart. So we got them all the way to the PDP and then something failed. Yeah. Right. So it makes it, it makes it really easy to be able to do that in a way that allows us to actually pinpoint the issue.
0: Side note, that used to be way harder to do in the store circular. Yeah, well, it's hard to erase the printing when yeah. you run out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
1: not it's not exactly it's not exactly possible. Okay, so and then other than the the funnel, I think the other thing is uh understanding kind of their behavior on the pages. So if you think about let's just take uh the types of traffic coming in, where are they going and is it working? Right? So if they're coming in through paid marketing or if they're coming in through CRM or they're coming in through SEO, where are they going? And is it actually doing its job? Right. And then once it lands, how do you use the data up op- to optimize the right message you're putting in front of them at the right time? So not only just on personalization, right? So let's take our homepage. You have like frequently ordered items. You have, you know, inspired by your recent views, things like that. But you also think about, well, where is it they're clicking on that page the most? And how do you take that, that? that knowledge and that data and say, okay, here are the things we need to be putting in front of them based on that traffic driver that came in. So we can connect the message and make sure that we're taking advantage of that quality traffic so that we can actually move them down that funnel.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And hearing those two examples, it makes me think and hope that uh, we, we both have uh, kids in, in school. Uh, Hopefully they become data analysts because it seems like there's a ever increasing problem um, with processing all this data i heard a rumor uh that walmart has like seven petabytes of data and i I don't actually know what a petabyte is but my seven-year-old tells me it's a big number
1: i don't know what that is either but i'm not doubting it yeah yeah (laughs) exactly and you're absolutely right like i think it becomes a if you have so much data right at your hands, how do you make sense of it? How do you organize it? And again, make it actionable because otherwise it's just a bunch of data that you're just sitting on and you're not actually doing anything with it to improve the experience. Yeah.
0: So compounding that data problem even longer, uh, we have the whole omni-channel thing, mm-hmm. right? And you know, we used to talk about what percentage of our sales were digital and you know, try to get that digital percentage up. But increasingly, every customer is using digital tools somewhere on the path to purchase and very often they're using... Physical stuff. So how, how do you guys think about that at Sam's? like, Yeah. That seems like it makes the whole analytics problem even more complicated. It does.
1: It does. But it's good, right? Like you don't want them necessarily only shopping in the club or only shopping online. You want them to think about it. And, and we try to put ourselves through this member first mindset um approach right so what is it that's driving that that need state or that purchase intent so are they just looking for inspiration right they're building their patio where they're getting ready for tailgating so they need a full solution or, um, you know, is it that they just needed their paper towels or their bananas or their bottled water? And on top of that, you think about, well, what's the most convenient way for them to shop at the moment? Maybe they're on their way home from work and Sam's Club is right there five minutes from their house. Well, they can just pop in because they know that they had a list, but they can't remember that was on their list and they're already here. So they're just going to do it. Um, maybe while they're in there, they don't want to deal with the line. So we give them another convenient option of scan and go. Okay. Well, maybe they, they head home and then all of a sudden that night after Sam's club is closed, they realize they forgot all of the lunchables for school tomorrow.
0: Been there.
1: Yeah. Been there (laughs) multiple times and also big bummer or you're out of milk and you know, your kids are going to cry because they have cereal every morning and now you've got an issue or whatever it is. And I think based on whatever situation they're in, we want to make it convenient. For them to be able to choose Sam's Club. So you've given them the two options in the club. Well, now you've got multiple options from an online purchase perspective. You've got curbside. So I'm going to put in my curbside order and I'm going to be able to go get it in the morning when it's ready and it'll be ready just in time. Or you're going to go, you know, put in a same day delivery the next morning and you know you're going to get it really quickly. Or you can, um, order on, you know, shipping and get it there in two, three days. And you can wait a little bit because you can get free shipping as a plus member. So you kind of see the, the opportunities for us to build around you. You as our members have told us what is most important to you and what you need. So you want the quality. You want a great value. You want it conveniently. We know that about you. So how do we think about all of the different scenarios you might be in and make it as easy as possible for you to choose Sam's?
0: Yeah, and I'm assuming those... Successes and uh near misses come up a lot in all that uh qualitative data yes. on uh, your Monday. They mornings. tell us, yes, yeah. they
1: tell us. They're yeah. like, you know, no, but also a lot of times, yes, it worked. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I worked with a retailer once that said there's two outcomes, successes and learnings.
1: That's exactly right. Is, That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: if that were true, I would be a lot smarter than I am. So yeah. I, I feel uh, like but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's interesting because you see, you know, for one member it might have been a great experience and the same exact experience didn't work for the next member. I because it's like, well, how do we put how do we let them know of all the options that they actually have to shop with us and let them choose the right journey for them? So a lot of it also is an opportunity around awareness, mm-hmm. right? So do they know we have curbside? We just launched delivery not that long ago, right? So do they even know we have same day delivery? I think. You then get to the point of in the funnel again, is this a, a conversion issue or is it just an adoption issue or is this an actual awareness issue, right? So being able to kind of pinpoint where those opportunities are in the funnel, I think is just, just as equally important.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned uh, that earlier in your Sam's career, one of the projects you worked on was the actual Sam's brand, which A, would be terrifying to me because it's, um, uh, I mean, uh Working on the brand is always scary, but then when the bl- brand quite literally is the name of an American icon, is kind of more scary. A
1: little bit. Yeah, a you little probably
0: don't want to screw that one up. Um, but when I think of the sort of original Sam's brand, right, it was a lot about the store experience, right? And we've just spent um, 45 minutes talking about all the cool new paths to Sam's and a lot of them are digital. Like, do, do you guys have to think about what what the Sam's Club brand even means to members today in a different way than maybe you you were able to five years ago or 10 years ago?
1: No, 100 percent. And I think, you know, we have continued to evolve with the members to to be able to say, hey, these are the most important things for them. So let's continue to evolve the brand. I would say, yeah, like starting out in the beginning, it was really clear. And again, we used the member feedback to say, like, if we looked at our brand passion index, well, here are the things that they're talking about and it's not driving a ton of volume and they don't really like it or they're rather neutral. Okay. Well, when they are talking, what are they talking about? Right. Both negative and positive. And when you've got the negative address it, and when you've got the positive lean in, right. And the way you can lean in is on digital. So, the, they're not only from all of the marketing channels, whether we you know we talked about it earlier, marketing, the social media, all of those things, but it's also on digital and the experience. So, if you know they like something, how do you make it easy for them and bring the brand to life and tell the story? So, it's not just about, again, items or merchandising, but it's the full membership experience and the ability to say, Hey, like, welcome to the club, right? I think when we, uh, we've identified some of those opportunities when we think about their full journey. So the first year is extremely important to us. They become a member. If they didn't join in the club, how do you make them feel like they're part of the club? If they didn't come to a membership desk and say, Hey, I want to be part of this. You might've gotten them through something on digital, Well, we also know that that first 90 days is extremely important. And how do you get in front of them and say, okay, this is awesome. Welcome to the club. And you should be shopping with us digital. Did you know our omni proposition? Did you know the value and convenience that we provide? And the team looks at those ways. I think one of the things we did was build a digital membership booklet. That's like, okay, we don't really talk about anywhere, all of the things that the membership has to offer anywhere digitally. We usually relied on the associates at the membership desk to do that for us as they're like, hey, now welcome to the club. Here's everything you have. Well, when you join digitally, you're kind of flying blind, right? So, oh, okay, I'm here now. What do I do, right? What do I even get? And if they don't want to spend a ton of time looking around and or it's not easy for them to find it, then how do you introduce the journey that says, welcome, welcome. Look at all this stuff that you now have access to as a member of our club and, and really kind of bring that brand to life and feel it, it, even if you can't have your foot in the club. So there are opportunities like that where we look for, for bringing it to life. And I think there's probably many more to go, but we use the data and the members to say, Hey, this feels like a gap. Let's figure out how to address it. Yeah.
0: Um, and is that the big filter? Cause I, I guess my follow up question was going to be, what are the, the things that we could expect to see evolve over the next five years. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're at a, a trade show where there's a bunch of vendors that each have a, an interesting widget that yeah. they want to sell. And you, every one of them, you could imagine a use case where that would be really cool. And I imagine for someone in your shoes, one of the challenges is which of these 300 things is actually going to add the most value to to our members' lives, right? And-
1: You're 100% right. And which way is the right path? And I would say, when I talk about Sam, something that I love is that it feels like we run like an $84 billion startup. And it truly feels that way. And one of the the, the reasons it feels that way is because of how quickly we test and learn. And, you know, we work really closely with product and tech and engineering with a problem. What's the problem we're trying to solve for the member? That's what everything starts with, right? So again, back to the member obsession. Hey, they're saying this is an issue. And I think if we could solve it for them, it could be really impactful. So we give that problem to to the product tech and engineering teams and they come back with like, I think this could be it. Let's go test. We don't know. It might crash and burn, but we think this could be a potential path. And they do a lot of customer surveys, research to say, this feels like it's down the right path and could solve for this problem. And then they go out and they, if, if it does well, great, let's try to scale a little bit more, maybe move it across some of the platforms and see if it works across desktop mobile web, and app, maybe iOS and Android, different behaviors. Right. And then once they say, Oh, okay, no, this is actually going to work. And they're telling us they really like it we run. And I think that's the way we've done. We've always done it is let the members tell us their problems and their pain points. It's our job to go solve them for them and then run as quickly as possible and let them tell us whether we figured it out or not.
0: Uh, that sounds like a totally sound approach, and I I, I I know I can't put my thumb on the scale, but I I hope one of those problems ends up being that uh, I never have to run out of Lunchables again. Because yeah, me too. That feels like
1: that could be really nice, be
0: a, a significant quality of life. My uh, kids
1: would appreciate it exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, sadly, Sabrina, that is going to be a great place to end it because yeah. it's happened again. We've used up all our allotted time. There are forty-five CDP vendors waiting outside this I'm podcasting so studio, and I've I've promised them all time with yeah, you. So oh, thank you. Yeah,
1: I appreciate it. Yeah. Nice of you. (laughs) Um,
0: But it's been uh, a real joy chatting with you and we appreciate uh, you sharing a peek inside the covers with all our listeners. I hope you'll come back.
1: Thank you guys for having me. This has been awesome. And I've loved listening to your podcast. You guys are extremely entertaining and I'm excited and honored that you guys had me here today.
0: Scott and I both agree that one of us is funny. We just don't agree on it's which it is.
1: clearly you because which one I'm replacing him. Yes, exactly. So it's obvious yeah. who it is, but we won't tell him. He'll have to just hear it. He'll have to listen to the his own podcast that he decided yeah, not he to do Yeah, he definitely does not listen oh, yeah. to the show. <laughs> He's like the one person Perfect.
0: in e-commerce that doesn't listen to yeah. the show. oh, great. Yeah, but uh, it, it's been great. Thanks again. And until next time, happy e-commercing.